Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Jim Carr. Hey, Jim. Jason, how the heck are you doing? I'm great. It's great to be back in the studio post-IMTS. It is. It feels, I got to be honest, it feels a little odd sitting here with you today with the microphones in our hand and not all this glamour about the stage and and everything else from IMTS. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing so many interviews at IMTS and panel discussions, and that has been pretty much our content for a while. It's great to be back in the studio and recording an episode that is more closely to the roots of making chips and the way we used to do it, just Jim and Jason. You bet. Bam. So yeah, it's good. And, and you know, I'm really excited about this new series of episodes that we're going to be doing, which we, we've already introduced on process. Because I think, as we mentioned, process is very important to manufacturing. Well, it is. And I believe that there's a lot of manufacturing companies that have not fully implemented process into their businesses. Well, I feel like, like every every manufacturer probably well, has a have, process. They might not be consistent and, you know, uh, yeah, I agree. Right, and everyone utilizes process in a different way. Right. So what what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be discussing the system that we use at Zenger's Industrial Supply. We also use it at, at Black Industrial and Safety Supply, and we're also using it at making chips now that we have a larger team and a marketing agency at making chips. And the system is actually called EOS or the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And, you know, it's getting more and more popular. And so I think that there might be some people from the metalworking nation who are probably already familiar with EOS. There's several books written on it. And, you know, I come across more and more companies that utilize the system. Before we get in... Before, you know, I just want to add to that. So I I don't think that everyone has to jump out and go grab the book or start. I think that you can take iterations from the EOS system and implement them into your business. Well, EOS is, has already done that. They've taken components right. of other best practices and implemented into a system. So right. you're, you're absolutely because right about that. Because I'm not using EOS at Car Machine and Tool, but I certainly have taken some best practices from the EOS system and have implemented and seen amazing results already. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of systems out there. There is a lot of systems E-Myth out there. E-Myth is, is a system that I studied years and years ago when we were a smaller company. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a system that a lot of small companies use, I would say, you know, under five people. But and there, there's also a system I know that one of my bigger clients uses called Scaling Up. And there's many, many more out there. I think that EOS just resonated with me. I understood it. I understood where they got the components of it. Like you mentioned, like one, you know, Jim Collins, he's a very famous business writer. Mm-hmm. And they basically took components of best business practices that Jim Ca- Collins wrote about and they put it into the EOS system. And so it, there's nothing new and innovative here, but it just puts it into a cohesive system. So why don't you tell us, how, what are you running Car Machine on? What kind of system is it? Is it like the Jim Carr system? Or, it or is. What? Well, it's the Jim Carr from what I learned from being in the business forever. And all I know is what my dad taught me, right? Mm-hmm. So I have not been formally educated in running a business and using a formalized business. And you don't really read books either. Well, no. I mean, I have read books, but I don't I don't make a, a, a habit of reading books. I don't enjoy reading books. I get my my head starts to wander within, you know, the first chapter, and that's okay. 
That's okay. That's why we have a podcast. Yep, because everything I've true. learned and the implementation that I am using in my shop right now has been birthed from this own podcast. Are you saying you've learned everything you know from me? No, I'm not saying oh, that. I thought that's I what would you never, said. I would never give I, you that kind of credit. That's ever. what you just said. No, 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 no. But I have learned from the guests on this show. Oh, everybody else except me, right? You no. You have been instrumental in de- helping me develop my process at Car Machine and Tool, and I've already publicly thanked you. I'm just kidding for that. I know, I and know. you know, I think it's great. And you know, will Car Machine and Tool eventually move to the EOS system 100? percent Probably. When I when do I think that's going to be? I don't know yet. But I'll let you know when I go on that journey. But what I will tell you is, we have implemented production and strategy meetings where I have a voice. And it's so funny because I hear you talk about the rocks and all those funky, crafty words that EOS uses. And I'm doing the same thing. And I never read a book. I didn't do an audio book. I didn't really hear from you. But I'm doing exactly what that process says. It might not be structured exactly the same way, and we may hit different things. But all I know is you got to do something. Yeah, you got to do something different. And that something different will help you build upon where you're going to go and you're going to take your business. Yeah. And, and you know, you bringing up rocks is a perfect example of a point of the EOS system that wasn't made up by EOS. I mean, that was, I believe that the whole notion of a rock was popularized by, I think his name is Vern, Vern Cornish. Somebody can correct me. Somebody from the Metalworking Nation can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure and that that's where it came from. And he has his own system called Scaling Up. So, so Jason, tell me what's going on at Zenger Black. You know, it's interesting, Jim, because everybody wants low oil prices, right? But it seems like us in manufacturing and processing, we get busier when oil prices go up. And a lot more of my customers are busy busier now that oil prices are rising. And, you know, there's some correlation or some, I should say, some causation between between the two of them. But it is interesting how much busy we're getting. And actually with a company that's very tied to the oil industry, we're working on a, a big national contract with them such that, you know, they have plants all over the country and we're coordinating with a bunch of independent business owners like ourselves. And we're putting together a, a national agreement for this company. And it's it's exciting. I'm never participating in something like this. We've always been a very local business and sold to, you know, the more of the greater Chicagoland customers. And this is kind of fun to be participating in a national contract of this stature. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've ever had any experience with with that type of thing or not. No, but you mentioned oil prices rising, and I just noticed in the last week that oil prices are down. They went down a little bit. Yeah, they went down a little bit, but I mean, in general... It's down 75 cents a gallon. if, if, If you look at like where things were, say like a year or two ago, they're they're definitely higher. Okay. They're definitely higher. Okay, because I, I just noticed it like yesterday. I'm like, man, it's down like 75 cents a gallon. So you're saying oil prices are rising. And I know it's all crude barrel pricing too. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm talking about crude barrel pricing. I don't right. know exactly what the prices are at the I pump. don't know what that is either. And, and you, know, a lot, you know, obviously, uh, uh, I would say a smart business owner makes decisions not on the week to week, but more on, you know, what they foresee happening in the future. And I think that maybe just healthier oil prices seems like something that's going to be a part of the foreseeable future. So that's it. What do you think about manufacturing news? Should we talk about what else is going on in manufacturing? 
Absolutely. I've got, a, I've got an article here for you. You do it's have kind an of article. Interesting. And it's one of those nebulous things that I, I can't quite wrap my brain around because I don't think we have any good information Yeah, here. you teed me up in this, and I, I, yeah, so I, I don't I, necessarily know that it's definitely... Well, so let me read you the, the title of the article. It, it says, Volvo upends U.S. manufacturing plans in reaction to China tariffs. So... Volvo, the Volvo brand, I actually have a Volvo, so my wife drives all the time. They have a new manufacturing plant outside of Charleston, South Carolina, and it's not even going at full speed yet, but they're already reacting to what China is putting into place as far as tariffs. You know, there's always this back and forth whenever people are negotiating as far as, you know, I'm going to put a tariff on you. No, I'm going to put a tariff on you. And it, and it appears that Volvo... It's a lot of hearsay. It, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, it, as a business owner, you, you want to have some insight into what's happening in the future. And sometimes, you know, the political environment makes that very, very challenging, I guess you would say. So I'm going to I'm gonna read a part of this article to you. Volvo has canceled plans to ship its U.S.-built S60 sedan to China, Bloomberg reports, citing a press conference in Detroit with Anders Gustafsson, head of Volvo's U.S. operations. Instead, the automaker will focus on producing S60s for the U.S. and Europe from its Charleston location. So they're no longer going to be shipping these. So China's saying, screw you, U.S. If you're going to put a tariff on us, we're going to put a tariff on you. And which I really don't even know if if those are fully been implemented. All those tariffs have fully been implemented. Jim, but I wish I knew too. Yeah. I know. Well, we could Google it or something like that. But anyway, I, you know, wow. It, that's, it's all that's this big. back and forth. And it's, it, it you is. Know, and, and I think this kind of goes to the whole notion of nearshoring where, you know, more companies are saying, well, let's produce for North America from the U.S. or from Mexico or from Canada. And let's produce for Europe from Europe and produce for Asia from China or, or wherever right. else they're going. And I think there's this whole notion of us shipping cars to China and China shipping cars here. I think you're going to see a lot of that shift in the future so that it's going to be just produced more in this localized environment. Well, what does it say there? The tariffs have hit Volvo pretty hard. As Bloomberg notes, Volvo isn't using the tariffs as an excuse to hike prices for customers in the U.S., China, and elsewhere. Rather, the automaker has absorbed those extra costs, giving its bottom line to the, oh, what for? We can, under no circumstances, absorb tariffs in the long run. So here's, I think, a better summary of what's going on here. Currently, there is a 27.5% tariff applied to vehicles coming from China to the U.S. Wow. In retaliation for that tariff, which President Trump has levied to bring China to the negotiating table for more favored trade deals, China applied a 40% tariff to vehicles imported from the U.S. 40%. They're nuts. That's Every, crazy. Everyone's losing their minds. I know. I know. Yeah. And everybody's digging in their heels. It's almost like the world is turning to, you know, how our two-party political system works. So let's not even get started there. Let's not. Well, all I know is manufacturing is on fire. I just read another manufacturing news article this morning, and it, I, I mean, things are like at record levels. I mean, they have there hasn't been an October this good since 1998. They're hiring like crazy. It's... I wish my business was doing a little bit better than what I'm hearing. You know, I know we're we're doing well, but my God, you know, based on when you what would you read in the media, 
we should be quadrupling our sales. You want to do this article too? No, we don't have to. But I, there's I, another one that where they talk. Yeah, about I, I, that's the one I. That's the one I read, Jason. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, which was really good. You don't want to go. You want Rumors to do that of a slowdown in American manufacturing are greatly over exaggerated, which you know I believe that because you know I've been heavily involved in manufacturing peers and associations and board of directors for years now. And I remember sitting with my good friends who are C-suite executives. And I remember them, quite frankly, talking about how horrible 2018 and 2019 were going to be, that we were going to be in this awful recession. Well, according to The Economist, we were supposed to hit a recession by now. Right. I know. And now they're saying that they're not seeing anything for a couple more years. It's interesting because according to this other article that I read, we added more jobs in yes. October than what we have ha- have added since 1998. I know it's crazy. It's it's awesome. It's really good. But you know, you know what there is and this is going to be a future podcast that I am going to take on is the looming recession because yeah, we know it's root, out there, man. That floor could drop at any time. I know. And, I know. Not, and it's, it's scary. I know. I it's, know. It's I've scary. been through a lot of them and they're no fun. No, they're not. So let's move on to the heart of this episode, yeah. which is going to be on the entrepreneurial operating system. Let's do it. Which is part of our process theme that we're going to be going over no, for a I, while. No, I like that you're reviewing it again because it helps me think differently. Absolutely. So... In a nutshell, EOS, it operates on these six different components, and we're just going to go through at a very high level and talk about these six different components. And the way that they they talk about it is that you need to be essentially operating on all cylinders for these six different components. And they can all This is a com- six-cylinder car. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. it could be a six-cylinder car. Yeah. A six-cylinder car could be the best car for you know the environment. Who yeah. knows? But anyway, you need to be operating really well in each one of these components. So I'm going to read through them once, and then we're going to go through each would one of them like individually. Would you like to alternate reading them? No, I wouldn't. I would prefer to talk instead of listening to you talk. Okay. <laughs> no, but what I would like to invite you to is like let's talk about each one of these components once I get to them. Go. So the six different components of the EOS system are vision, data, process, traction, issues, and people. Makes sense to me. So the first one, which vision. I think is, is is definitely where I spend most of my time, is, is vision. So basically, everybody in the company needs to know where we're going and how we're going to get there. And I would say that making chips wouldn't even exist if we didn't have a vision for what that looked like. Right. And you could you can come up with all the vision and all the all the stuff in the world, but if you don't have all the other components, I call it the roadmap. Well. Yeah, you can call it. Yeah, that's a gr- another great name for it. You, yeah. you have to have the roadmap. And when I first introduced the whole notion of a vision to my company. The one thing that I told them was, you know, for a long time, we've been operating by driving and looking at the rearview mirror. We need to be looking through the windshield and we need to know where we're going. And I need to be responsible for casting that vision for the company. I mean, you you do that for car machine, I right? I do. I do. More so than ever right now. So how important do you think vision is to a company? Well, one sixth of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, well, I think vision gets you started because what it, like you said, Jason, it casts the, it casts it out there, whatever one year, three year, five year. And then the other five components help you drive it on the roadmap to get to that vision. Yeah, I mean, it's like neither of us are sports guys, but you no. know, if you're a baseball team and you're starting out at the beginning of the season or a football team, you want to say to yourself, 
our vision is to go to the World Series. Right. I mean, that should be your vision. That maybe, should be their I mean, vision. If, maybe if you have no ability to do that, and you know that you might say, well, our, our vision is to do X, Y, Z, rebuild the team or whatever else. But, you know, you should be able to cast that vision at the very beginning of the season and say, we're going to the Super Bowl. Or we're going to the World Series, or we're winning the Super Bowl, or we're winning the World Series. Or the Stanley Cup. Or the Stanley Cup, if you're in hockey. I mean, we're, yeah, we're in hockey town for sure. And the nice thing about EOS is that they make creating a vision easy. Now, for me, I've always had an easy time casting a vision, but not everybody is like that. And I would say you're probably, it's been, it's probably been more of a learning experience for you to get there. But the nice thing about EOS is that they, they give you eight questions to answer. So that's all you have to do is answer these eight questions and then explain that, communicate that to your team. So the next component of EOS is people. And, you know, I've had to really retrain myself. So I I would say that, you know, in general, my dad has been a great mentor for me. But the one thing that my dad has always not been, I would say, the greatest at is hiring great people. So he's always had this stance that, oh, well, you're always going to have some slackers on the team. And, you know, we usually give them a name based on who those people were that we've had on the team. But I disagree with him. And, and I would say that there's a lot of other business leaders out there who disagree. You need to have the right people in the right seat. And you need to have great people working for you, especially nowadays. It's, it's just so important. And, and this is probably maybe even, I don't know, it's, it's so hard to say whether equally or not, but this, this might be even more important than, than casting the best vision is having the right people on your team. Well, it's a component of it for sure. It's, it's very, very important. And I, I know now that I've learned in the last few years that having the right people that are aligned with your core values is, is the single, one of the single most important things to running a successful business. Absolutely. And what does that acronym mean there? R-P-R-S. So R-P-R-S is right people, right seat. And that was actually, that's an acronym that wasn't, that's that's something that we use. And that's something, once again, that EOS didn't come up with the notion of right people in the right seat. I believe that that came out of the book, Good to Grade, or maybe they, which was Jim you know, Collins, expanded right? on there, which is Jim Collins. Very good, Jim. I know. You know your author. I, I, do, oh, I wow. am listening. Yeah, I that's just don't good. read. That's I good. do listen, but so, I don't read. And, and, and basically, what it comes down to is that you need to, I actually, it should be actually right seat, right people, because what you, it's, it's about getting the, having the bus and getting the right people in those seats. And we actually just went through this recently with making chips, and you got to see a taste of this in that you need to create your structure, what most people call an organizational chart first, before you talk about the people. Because the mistake that that a lot of companies make, a lot of leaders make, is that they try to create the structure of a company around their people's personality. And that's kind of backwards. And that's not mm-hmm. the way you should do it. Yep, you I should say, it. what does this company need to look like from a people standpoint in order to achieve our vision before you say, do we have the right people to put into those right seats? Okay, what's the next one? That's great. The people, next one, people are important. People are, people are so important. The next one is data. This has probably been the hardest thing for me. And I would really? say it's probably... The, well, it's only the hardest because when you talk about data, the one thing I've been educating my team on is that the leading indicators are so much more important than the lagging indicators. And what I mean by that is you need to be tracking the things that you do that contribute to sales. So like... Yes, it's important to track sales and to know where your sales are at, but it's even more important to track the things that contribute to sales. 
For example, one of the things that you could be tracking is the number of phone calls that you're making to prospective Prospects. clients. Yeah. You could be tracking the number of quotes well, that data you're doing. Is a, data is a very vague thing. It you know, well, it you really need to hone is. this in. You need to hone this in. And, yeah. and that's one thing that we've been working on. And you know, I when you say data and I think of my company, I think of data like technology data, NC program data, ERP data, setup data. Data in HR, data in job tracking. Well, every every person is right. going to have a data component that they're tracking, and right. yours is going to be different from the totally. machine that's on the shop floor. Well, mine's different from yours. Yeah, and, and totally. ours are different. Yes. yes. Yeah. I know that quoting is very important to you, and so that that probably would be a part of the data that you would be tracking 100% for yourself. 100% correct. And it comes down to you know being accountable to, re- to the rest of your team. So, like for example, my sales team is tracking several different pieces of data. One of them is tracking the number of joint calls that they're making with leadership. Another one is tracking the number of new product introductions that they're making to clients that will help them save money. So we're tracking a lot of these leading indicators, which will in the future result in additional sales because those are salespeople. And that's the kind of data that they need to be tracking. But the the other nice thing about data is that data doesn't lie. And data doesn't have an opinion. The numbers don't lie. It doesn't have an opinion. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have anything like that. And it really cuts through the Hashtag truth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It cuts through everything to get down to, are we doing our jobs? What's the next one? The next one would be issues. So you got issues in your business? You got problems? Uh, not too many. Uh, I don't <laughs> no, believe I'm you. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being facetious. No, of course, we, we everyone's got issues. You know, I think the issues aren't as problematic as they used to be, though. I don't let them bother me anymore. I mean, yeah, we have problems, but, you know, just the way that I go about solving them through collaborative meetings Bingo. with my team, Bingo. it just... It's 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 not as painful anymore because I have other people to rely on and lean on and help me make better decisions. But it wasn't always like that for it you. Was not and I know that like it's not that. because I've seen an yeah. evolution in, you know, your thinking as it relates to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I, I think know. that a lot of this came out of our discussions of how to solve these issues because, you know, like you said, if you've got this methodical way that you solve issues, mm-hmm. it doesn't make it as hard to to tackle them. And, and and you know, one of the things I know and I know this is probably frustrating frustrating for you as a business owner, as a leader, as a manager. One of the most difficult thing about an issue is that people think that they need to come to you with, with their problem as soon as they discover it. Right. And the, the nice thing about this process is that it allows for a, a routine where you solve issues on a weekly basis so that they don't have to come to you every day and say, I've got this problem, help me solve it. I tell my team, if you've got a problem and it needs to be solved today, bring it to me. But oh if it God. doesn't need to be I solved tell today... A story. I can tell a story. Go. So when I was managing the shop, you know, I'd be sitting at my desk and I'd be looking out into the shop and all of a sudden that machinist had come in and said, we got a problem. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I know. <laughs> and my dad was say, sitting I don't there, love it. And, yeah, and I'm like... Ugh. And after a while, you know, your heart sinks down to your heels and you think, oh my God, what the hell happened? Did the, did the wall, the West wall just crumble down and, you know, we got to rebuild the entire thing. And it was really a minor thing, but the way, and, and now I don't get that anymore. I don't, actually, I don't even know why, but I don't hear that from my team members. You probably trained them not to say that. Probably. And I know, I, I know that I have. Oh my God. I mean, it was just like at the beginning, it was awful. Or we need to talk. Yeah, we need to talk. 
And then, you know, your mind starts to think, oh, my God, they're going to quit. Is he, leave, is he quitting? Did he just, you know. He got a DUI. <laughs> Did he just kill somebody yesterday? Did you he know? just crash a tool and the spindle's all messed up? <laughs> At the end of the day, nothing's that big of a deal. It's you know not. what? Issues are minor compared to a lot of other things. I, I totally agree. And, and you know, the nice thing about having a methodical way that you go about solving issues is that it it increases the level of communication. So I agree. To me, it's, if you're talking about issues all the time and it's like, you know, just every hour of the day, you got communication problems. Right. And people don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Okay, the next one is process. And in a nutshell, you know, what this comes down to is, and this this harkens back to the, the E-Myth, which is one of the other systems that I mentioned before. But E-Myth introduced the whole notion of you need to franchise your business in order to be successful. And what they didn't mean is that- I mean, look at your business like a franchise. Look run at your, your business, business look like at, a franchise. Run your business like a franchise. Exactly. Right. They, they're not saying that you have to be like McDonald's. No. They're just saying or that, or Subway, or you know whoever else. They're just saying that you need to act as though you were a franchise, and that you can hand this manual over to somebody and say, "This is how we do X." Yeah. And I think that that's important, and, and you know it it increases the consistency, which for your clients, consistency is important, and it also totally. increases the quality level. Yep. I mean, ISO. I mean, I get it. I get it. And then the last one is EOS traction. calls this traction. And what does traction mean, Jason? Well, this okay. So traction would be like the opposite of vision, or okay. I shouldn't say op- opposite. It might be like the you know the brother or sister of, of vision. So you're blind. The opposite of vision means uh, you're blind. You're funny. Well, I'm, I'm asking the question. You're the guy no, that's, you're they, the expert in no, this, what, right? What this has to do with is this has to do with the things that are, you're doing on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis, and a quarterly basis mm. in order to help Discipline. the company to achieve yeah, the accountability. vision. Yep. Yeah, Got so it. this has to do with what you talked about before, your rocks. So yep. for this quarter, yep. what's the big one or two things that I'm that I'm going to achieve this quarter? I've gotten a rock already. You guys gave me a rock I know, do. we gave uh, you a rock for making I know, chips. I know, yeah. and, the, and it really isn't that heavy. No, I well, can do. I don't want to give you. And I go easy on me. You know, I don't yeah. want to give you the important things. Thanks. You know, I'll let you handle that. <laughs> no, but it has to do with like you know making that vision real. And there's a certain methodical approach that you take to that. One of them is rocks. Another one is your weekly meetings. And there's a lot of other things that contribute to just kind of putting boots on the ground and getting it done. I hear you. And so that's it, Jim. I mean, that's that's, that's all. Man, the let's start I mean, this. Let's you know, do it. Well, I'm already doing it, man. Yeah. You know. So. So what would you say to the person that's listening to this that has never ever, ever heard of this process before, what would you tell them? How did they make a change starting tomorrow? I would say, you know, there's a lot of books that you can I read. I knew you were going to say read a book. Okay, so what if there are Jim Carr? Jim, you... Uh, you they, I would say I, you're hopeless. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> Just kidding. Because I'm implementing this stuff, yeah, no, and no, I don't I, read I it. I would you say, know, if you're not going to read the book, I would say get some help. Get some help. Oh, and you know, hiring like an integrator. Somebody. So I, not, not an integrator. An implementer. In EOS terms, they call it an implementer. Thank you. So like as an example, I was the implementer for the new Making Chips 2.0. You were. And I helped to implement us through the process that we need to do in order to adopt EOS. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that do that. Right. So that would be the thing. Either read the book and do it yourself. Well, what I mean, they, I'm, t- I'm saying they don't know anything. They don't know jack about this process. So read the process. book. Or, okay, read Read the book. Or Is there an audible? Help. Can they get an audible on it? Of course. It? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's two ways that you, you know, there's two books. There's one that's written like a novel and then there's one that's written like a textbook. And what book. about expectations, Jason? I mean, what, what can people expect? How fast of a change do you think it, once they start implementing this process, well, this you, business system? I would system? say right away in years. 
Okay. So okay. I think you're going to see some, you're going to see That's some changes honest. right away, yep. and then there's other things that are going to take years. Well, you know it depends what I mean? on how old the business is. It well, depends on yeah, how changing people's habits. Yeah. And you know, I would say most companies are going to have to go through a process of getting the right people in the right seats. Yep. Data is not that easy to really hone in. Nope. Maybe for some people it is, but it seems to be, you know, an issue that most companies, you know, really have a hard time with. But I would say, you know, the right time to get a formalized business system in place is now. Yeah. Sounds great. I mean, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm anxious to work the system with making chips. Great. Because it will help me better understand it and it will help me implement pieces of it at car machine and tool. Yeah, and I would say if you if you say to yourself, you know what, we just we're not going to implement this system. Mm-hmm. I would say take pieces of yeah, it like absolutely. you've done. Yeah. You know, and say, okay, well, I'm going to do my meetings weekly a little bit differently. I'm going to solve issues a little bit differently. I'm going to use those eight questions to cast a vision. You know, you could take pieces of it. I would say you're not going to be as effective if you do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be way more effective if you if you adopt the whole system. But hey, it's it's better than nothing. I agree. And, and I agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's it. That's all you got. We have just done a Making Chips podcast post-IMTS and really talked about some good stuff here, man. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It feels good. It feels good to be back in the studio here at DMDII in Goose Island, Chicago. Our, our favorite people are here, and they're always so friendly and hospitable here. And it's good to be back in the seats with the microphones in our hand. Absolutely. And don't forget, everybody, that if you want to get all the latest information on Making Chips, to go to makingchips.com and subscribe. It's a yeah, very you, important thing. And you know what else, Jim? You know how we always say at the end of an episode, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Yeah. Well, guess what? We have t-shirts now that say that. You're right. So you go to makingchips.com slash merch. M-E-R-C-H. All right. Good job. And they're cheap too. I mean, they're not cheap. They're They're nice nice shirts. They're nice. But they're not expensive shirts. No, they're nice and fitted. And and, you can charge it and everything else. And if you want to see a picture of one, go to the Making Chips website and you'll see me on the main stage of IMTS wearing one of these shirts. Well, he's working out. That's why he thinks he looks better in them than me. So anyway. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. At the end of the day, I would like to say that as we always close out our show, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Metalworking Nation, listen up. Manufacturing is challenging. You need to think differently. The day-to-day whirlwind of urgencies, the pressure to grow, customer demands, workforce development, new machine tools and robots, the list goes on and on. It is possible to stay ahead of the game of manufacturing, but you can't do it alone. We're here to give you access to exclusive content from other leaders, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you on making chips. I have a hard time reading things. I read all this. I have a hard time speaking. I'm the guy that doesn't read. Yeah, I don't.